Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Caroline. And I'm Danielle. And this is a bit of a different episode of the TBR podcast. We don't have Sierra with us today, so she is going to be reviewing her two books from our last episode on our next episode. Not plus her two new books. Yeah, <laughs> plus her two new books. So Miss Sierra is going to have quite a bit of reading to do. But um, we are going to forge ahead today with our picks from last time. So if you joined us on the last TBR podcast, we have read two more books from our lists. Our shrinking lists, not our growing <laughs> lists. That's cool. Um, so we're going to review those, and we will remind you what we read. Um, for me, for Caroline, um, let's see. Danielle pulled Dear Teen Me, which is edited by E. Kristen Anderson, but it's a collection of different authors. And then Sierra pulled for me Deep Water by Patricia Highsmith. And for me, Danielle, Sierra pulled The Lovely War, and um, Caroline pulled The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. Yes, and then for Sierra, we pulled, um, I pulled Bad Beginning, and Danielle pulled Book Lovers by Emily Henry. So you'll hear a recap of those on the next episode, but uh, we're going to jump into our thoughts and feelings about the two that we did. Yes. Do you want to kick us off? Sure. Sweet. Um, so the first one that I read was um, The Lovely War, and I was really excited to read this. I had a friend who'd read it, um, and when I, I remember when I put it on my TBR list, I read it. Um, it's a historical fiction mixed with Greek mythology, uh, which are two of my favorite things. So The Lovely War, um, the summary from Goodreads is... It's 1917, and World War I is at its zenith when Hazel and James first catch sight of each other at a London party. She's a shy, talented pianist. He's a newly minted soldier with dreams of becoming an architect. When they fall in love, it is immediate and deep and cut short when James is shipped off to the killing fields. Aubrey Edwards is also headed towards the trenches. A gifted musician who's played Carnegie Hall, he's a member of the 15th New York Infantry, an all-African-American regiment being sent to Europe to help end the Great War. Love is the last thing on his mind, but that's before he meets Colette Fournier, a Belgian girl who's already survived unspeakable tragedy at the hand of the Germans. 30 years after these four lovers' fates collide, the Greek goddess Aphrodite tells their stories to her husband Hephaestus and her lover Ares in a luxe Manhattan hotel room at the height of World War II. She seeks to answer the age-old question, why are love and war eternally drawn to one another? But her quest for a conclusion that will satisfy her jealous husband uncovers a multi-threaded tale of prejudice, trauma, and music and revels, oh, and reveals, not revels, we don't revel in war, and reveals that war is no match for the power of love. Oh. Um, this book met all my expectations and then some. Nice. It was so good. Um, I was really unsure how the two would meld, um, but the author did a phenomenal job. Um, I will say I did listen to this one. Um, it was recommended to me by my friend that I listened to it because it is a whole production. Like, there's a different cast of characters. I love that. Um, and music is a huge part of the story. And so, in the audio version, you get little bits of, of little music oh, um, interspersed throughout. So, it's just, it was such a good story. Um, 
my review was this book. This book was so good. The Greek mythology, the historical fiction, the romance, just all of it. When I read what this book was about, I was a little unsure about how the book would mix Greek gods in World War I, but it was perfect. It was fun and unique. The characters were really well written. I feel like I got to know them and invest in them. And then again, I listened to the audiobook. Highly recommend the audio. Um, so yeah, the, I knew when I put it on my TBR list, I was going to love it. Oh. I was not disappointed. Um, this one has a pretty high ranking on Goodreads, and I absolutely understand why it was phenomenal. Yay. <laughs> oh, that does sound really good. Yeah. I think I added it to my list pretty shortly after you reviewed it. So I'm very excited. 10 to... out of 10 recommend. Oh. <laughs> Cannot wait to read that one. That sounds like a really good one. The one that I read first was Deep Water. Um, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't sound so excited. Um, <laughs> this, let me read the Goodreads review first because I don't want to be unfair to this book, but I was. it was rough. Um, so the, the um, description on Goodreads, in Deep Water, set in the quiet small town of Little Wesley, Patricia Highsmith has created a vicious and suspenseful tale of love gone sour. Vic and Melinda Van Allen's loveless marriage is held together only by a precarious arrangement whereby in order to avoid a messy divorce, Melinda is allowed to take any number of lovers as long as she does not desert her family. Eventually, Vic can no longer suppress his jealousy and tries to win back his wife by asserting himself through a ta tall tale of murder, one that soon becomes true. In this complex portrayal of a dangerous psychosis emerging in the most unlikely of places, Highsmith examines the chilling reality behind the idyllic facade of American suburban life. Wow. That sounds super cool, right? It sounds intense. It sounds it's... intense. Um, this was, uh, let me get the page count. This was only 270 pages. Oh. I am generally like a 300 plus reader. Like mm -hmm. most of the books I read, unless they're like kids books, probably max out above 300. Yeah. I, this felt like I was reading a much longer book than I actually was. Um, I had to constantly yeah. keep reminding myself that it wasn't that long. <laughs> it's, well, it sounds like from the description that it should be longer. It sounds like a lot to happen in less than 300 pages. Yeah, it's really hard to tell how much time passes in this book. Okay. Um, but boy, does it pass slowly. Um, <laughs> so you get to know these characters. And right from the jump, I didn't like really either one of them. Um, Vic, they when the book opens, they're at a party, um, Vic and Melinda. And Melinda's off dancing with another man. And Vic is just, like, sitting in the corner, glowering and, like, drink, sipping his drink and, like, glaring at Melinda. And people come talk to him. And he's he's nice. Um, like, part of the frustrating part about him is that, like, people in the town like him. Um, he's helpful. He's kind. He's a good neighbor. He's generally fairly funny. Um, but he goes to these parties and he watches his wife dance with other men. And is just like, Ugh. don't give your wife permission to be in an affair if you don't yeah. if you don't actually think you want that so that was that was complicated um that is weird and melinda's not likable either um obviously if you have feelings about people like being in uh i guess like a not consensual non-monogamous relationship because yeah, it's really kind not of kind of an open marriage, marriage. but like bitterly open um <laughs> then you already might have funny feelings about her from the jump but she's also just, like, so immature and pestilent. They're supposed to be, like, 35, 36. Um, and she's just, like, they have a child that she can't stand. Oh. All she wants to do is go to parties and hang out with men and drive around in their convertibles with the top down. And it's like, girl, 
maybe you shouldn't have gotten married. Maybe yeah. you should have stayed single. Um, so my, my Goodreads review, because that's not even my review, um, I said, I honestly don't have much to offer besides I thought this book was just okay. It took me a really long time to get into it. I thought Vic and Melinda were both fairly unlikable for different reasons. Once the pace of the book starts to pick up, it gets a bit more interesting, but not enough for me to want to race to the finish to know how everything resolves. Uh, it took me two months to read it. Oh, That's pretty atypical <laughs> of me. So, yeah, I don't know. It just, like, there there comes a twist. Like, it's and it's a good twist. You're okay. just like, oh, wait a minute. What just happened? But then it drops off again so fast. So, like, it, it sort of peaks and wanes throughout. You know, like, on a roller coaster when you, like, hit the first hill? Yeah. It's not the biggest hill on the roller coaster. So you're just like, oh, wow, okay, that was fun. And then you hit another really big hill, and you're like, oh, whoa, okay. And then you go into a valley. Yeah. Generally, roller coasters don't just, like, drive you around Yeah. And the, the drop trees. is pretty quick. The drop's pretty quick. So. And you, like, and but that's, it's satisfying. You're yeah. like, oh, this was just, like, a 50-foot high drop. Like, that was fun. No. This was, like, little peaks and long valleys. It was tough. Okay. Um, if you like kind of, like, thriller, murder mystery, I would recommend giving it a try. I feel bad not liking it because it's, like, a pretty renowned book. It's good read review wasn't super high. It was like just above three and a half. Um, but Patricia Highsmith is is like a very well lauded author. Um, it also was written. I'm trying to find the publication date. It was written in 1957. So there are also some pretty dated um, topics and attitudes, I guess. And like there were some, uh, just a small handful of things that I was like, what. I don't understand what that is. And I had to Google like some cultural things just to understand okay. like why we would be doing certain things the way we are. So I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't get into it. I wanted more thrill and I just didn't get that. So I'm gonna, it has a movie. I might try the movie and see if the movie is any better, but okay. I don't have high hopes. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's got a better visual appeal. Maybe. And maybe the actors who play it yeah, I don't remember Might who come across as less unlikable. Pleasant. And I, I don't mind an unlikable character. Yeah. Um, I think that there's some value to characters who are not very easy to like. Um, but but I feel like there still has to be the other side of that. You do need at least someone to like and someone to root for. Yeah, like. and the only person I was really rooting for was the child. Um, <laughs> like, gosh, this poor dog, this poor child. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty decent cast. Um, I think this was... Uh, I thought this was an older movie, but apparently it was a Hulu movie last year. Oh. Um, Ana de Armas plays Melinda, the wife, um, and Ben Affleck plays Vic, the son. Or, goodbye. <laughs> Vic, the husband. Okay. Um, ben Affleck is not playing any child. Um, <laughs> so, it, that's a pretty good cast. Like... Those are two people who I would watch in a movie. Yeah. I swore this came out before that, though, so maybe, maybe it didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I would try the movie because I do like Ben Affleck, but it was uh, not my favorite book. That's fair. Yeah. They can't all be winners. Oh, there's Deep Water that was made in 2006, but it's about like a boat sinking, so I don't think that's... Oh. That's not, not related. <laughs> not related. Deep, 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 different. Different deep water. Different deep water. Yeah. All right. That's that one. Well, um, hopefully your next one was better, but we will find out. 
Um, my So my second book was The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. Um, I don't know how to say the author's name. I ran into this last time. I'm the worst. Um, it's S-A-N-G-U. So Sangu is my guess. Mandana. Um, but if you look up The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, I'm pretty sure there's only one. So there I'm pretty sure you'll find it. Easy. Um, this book was also really good. I, I liked both of my books this week, uh, this round. Um, this one I also listened to. It takes place in Britain, and I really like those accents, and the narrator did a really good job. Um, one of the characters is Irish, and the narrator was able to kind of switch back and forth. Oh, fun. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, the description on Goodreads is pretty long, so I'm just going to kind of summarize the book. Um, there is a society of secret witches. They're all female. Um, Mika is the main character that we follow and this society meets once a year. And after that one meeting, they don't talk, they don't mingle because magic gets out of control. Mm. Um, so they can't live together. Um, but Mika does these YouTube videos and, um, you can edit anything on YouTube, right? So she can make it look like she's doing magic, but people are going to think she's just, like, editing it. Fun. Um, But somebody sees her and recognizes what's going on, um, and they invite her to come to their house. She goes, and she ends up becoming um, integrated in this household. And a little bit of a spoiler, not really, but there are... um, Oh, it's not a spoiler. It's in the summary. There are three young witches that she finds at this house. So she kind of begins to tutor them because they oh, don't cool. have a grown-up to witch to help them with their powers. Um, and so the very last paragraph of the summary, it says, As Mika begins to find her place at Nowhere House, the thought of belonging somewhere begins to feel like a real possibility. But magic isn't the only danger in the world. And when a threat comes knocking at their door... Mika will need to decide whether to risk everything to protect a found family she didn't know she was looking for. Oh. Um, so the the characters oh, the characters were so much fun. Um, my review is, so I wrote, My heart, I loved this book. This book is less about danger that comes knocking at their door and more about relationships and belonging, healing from trauma, learning to trust people, and letting yourself be loved. There are a lot of funny parts that made me laugh out loud, There were parts that made me cry both happy and sad tears. This book wasn't necessarily what I was expecting, but it was better than I thought. It would be a 10 out of 10 for me. Yay. Um, I really thought that this would be more about the magic and more fantasy. Um, It's probably more romance. And it is definitely more interpersonal conflict than it is like Harry Potter and Voldemort's coming after you. Sure. and I thought I'd be disappointed by that, but I, I wasn't. Like, the just the character building, the relationship building, um, because you can't be in one place for a long time with being a, a witch. You have to move around a lot, mm. so Mika doesn't really have a place where she belongs. And, um, and she goes to Nowhere House, and things just change for her. And there is a love interest, which their relationship was a lot of fun. And um, truly, all the characters grow in, like, their own different ways even the three girls that she goes to tutor have their own like glimmers of how they're growing up and how they grow as witches and as people as young young little girls so um it was just it was a really fun book Mm -hmm. um 
again, I definitely recommend this one. I think this would read well without the audio. Sure. Um, like I just like the accents, so that was a fun um, book to listen to as well. But I loved it. Oh, it was glad. so good. Yay, yeah. good. I'm glad both of yours were a big hit. Yes. Good. And I think there's something to be said, too, about having access to the audiobook. Um, maybe if I had had access to an audiobook copy of Deep Water, I don't know that I would have enjoyed it more, but it wouldn't have felt like such a slog to get through. Yeah. And that's tough. Like, if you're already kind of, like, trudging through a book and then you can't just get to the end, yeah. that's really, that's tricky. Yeah. So I feel like there's definitely something to be said about having access to the audiobook. Agreed. My second book, this was your poll for me, was Dear Teen Me. Um, the subtitle is Authors Write Letters to Their Teen Selves. Um, I'll read the description off the back of the book. Growing pains are an essential part of teenage life, for better and for worse. Some mistakes turn into positive, life-changing experiences, and some apparent triumphs seem, in retrospect, like low points. Some first kisses leave you feeling on top of the world, and others can make you feel like you want to hide under a rock. In Dear Teen Me, your favorite young adult authors, including Lauren Oliver, Ellen Hopkins, Tom Engelberger, and Carrie Jones, revisit critical moments from their young lives and offer advice and guidance to their teenage selves. So pick a page and find out who had a really bad first kiss, who found her true love at 18, who wishes she had had more fun in high school instead of studying so hard, who skipped prom to go to a Grateful Dead concert only to wind up stranded and alone. The letters cover a wide range of topics, including physical abuse, body issues, bullying, friendship, love, and enough insecurities to fill an auditorium. Some authors focus on a hilarious mistake or, an especially, or one especially big day. Others offer words of hope in desperate times. And a few graphic novelists turn their stories into visual art. So whether you're a theater kid, a band geek, a bad boy, a good girl, a loner, a stoner, a nerd, or a jock, you'll find friends and a lot of familiar faces in Dear Teen Me. Aww. Very cute. Um, I liked this book a lot. I, I will say, I did not see a lot of familiar faces. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of authors that I was like, I'm going to have to look them up in the catalog because I don't know what they wrote. Yeah. Um, it, granted, it was published in 2012. So had I read this when it came out, it probably would have been incredibly relevant to okay. me because I graduated from high school in 2012. Um, I probably would not have picked it up because I was definitely not in my like growing and learning phase. Of course. I was like, I'm <laughs> 18 and I know better, so I don't need this. Of course. Um, there were a couple of authors I recognized, but a lot of them I was like, I got to look this person up because I don't think I know who this is. One author was from my hometown, so I oh, thought that was very neat. cool. Yeah, that was really neat, and I looked up their books. Um, I will probably read a couple of those, but uh, I really liked this. Uh, my review on Goodreads, I wrote a really nice collection of letters that authors have written to their teen selves. I think a lot of the advice was relatable to many teens, though the book definitely is starting to show its age. <laughs> Published in 2012, a lot of the authors are writing to themselves in the 70s and 80s, and I don't know that teens today would understand some of the pop culture references. There's also a bit of repetitive advice throughout, which I don't know if that's a bad thing considering it shows you how you're not alone, um, but it did make for some letters being tougher to read. Um, so I read this really quickly, but yeah, that was definitely one of the lower points or like the reason why I gave it four stars instead of five is that like, I wish that maybe they had been curated a little differently. Okay. Not necessarily like guiding authors to write one thing or another or kicking letters out of the book because they didn't fit the model or because okay. they were repetitive, but maybe just like sectioning these by like friend troubles, boy okay. troubles. Like that makes it, sense. it would have just maybe made it a little more cohesive. Um, Cause like I said, there was a point where I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, we get it. Yeah. Um, and again, as an adult, maybe that's not 
something that speaks to me as much as it would have when I was a teenager. Um, I was definitely not popular. Um, <laughs> I, I ran like in the weird kid crowd. I was friendly with popular kids, but not like what they would not have asked me to hang out after school yeah. ever, um, which is fine. Uh, so there were some that I was like, Oh yeah. Like 16, 17 year old me would have really like reveled in this and really appreciated yeah. it. But, um, as I near 30, I'm just like, Oh, I forget that you have to be told so often, like, be yourself. Everybody will like you for who you are. And if they mm -hmm. don't, like, screw them. And it's, like, easier said than done. Yeah. I, that's another thing I think is tough about reading things written by adults directed at teenagers. It's like, ah, if people don't like you for who you are, just kick them to the curb. Yeah. It's like, oh, sure. No, these are yeah. the people you see every day, mm -hmm. like, your social sphere of influence. Like, you're not going to like isolate yourself from oh. them and I was Jose I was definitely not a kid who like wanted to really change myself for other people like I I didn't care that I didn't fit in with the popular kids but it still like affects you it's still mm -hmm. you still like recognize when you're being teased or bullied or when you're just like not gosh there were so many times where people would make references to like pop culture things and I'd be like ha 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 and then I'd have to go home and Google it because right. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And even if you're not like worried about being popular, that's one of those things where you're just kind of like, oh, I'm outside of the social sphere. Yeah. I'm there is there's an orbit here, and I can see the orbit, yeah. but I'm not necessarily rotating in it. That was I. I didn't. I also didn't really like struggle to change who I was to fit in with like a certain crowd. Um, I was definitely with like the misfit kids but um I did have a few friends who were very much pop popular um and so the popular kids didn't really know me by name they knew me as so-and-so's friend oh mm -hmm. and so that's how I like was on the outskirts of it but I never wanted to change myself to be on the inside of it yeah. like I I felt like I was just fine where I was but I was insecure enough to know that oh I'm just all I'm ever going to amount to is being so-and-so's friend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The story about the girl skipping prom to go to a Grateful Dead concert was awesome. That was one of my favorite letters. <laughs> that, I was glad that that came up on the back because I was trying to remember what some of my favorites were. That was such a good one. Nice. Um, and then Joseph, let me make sure I'm going to pronounce his name correctly. If I can find it. Uh-oh, I'm not going to be able to find it. Joseph Bru Bruhach. Um, Bruhaha. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, he wrote, like, a really good, like, kind of heartbreaking letter about um, his first kiss. Um, he was at a party, and he was a football player. He was big, big kid. And so his physical size intimidated people. And these guys were, like, trying to, like, probably probably would have been leading to like a potential sexual assault situation um they had a very very drunk girl in their car and he basically just like stormed through all the guys and like pushed them all aside and picked her up and brought her home um uh -huh. and at the end of the car ride when he dropped her off at home made sure she was home safe she kissed him and he was kind of like oh i don't that's my that was my first kiss yeah. and she gets out of the car and oh. the whole drive home he said that he drove home and he was just like I don't want that to be my first kiss because then I'm just as bad as those guys that are trying to take advantage of right. her when she's impaired. And like, that's not, that's not how I imagine my first kiss. It's not who I imagined my first kiss with. Right. But he like felt so like he had mixed feelings because he felt this like sense of 
comfort in his heart that like she felt so safe with him that she was willing to like kiss him right and he was just kind of like oh well thank you but also no thank you yeah because I would like my first kiss to be with someone else in a different circumstance so it was a very touching letter yeah Yeah, it was very sweet um yeah there were a lot of really good letters in here I I really liked this like I said I think I would have loved it if I had been like 16 yeah um Flip, uh, seeing you flip through the pages, I like that there are pictures in it. Yeah, that was cute, authors. too. Is it them as a teenager? Mm-hmm. Teenage, literal teenage them? Yeah, That's and cute. some of them, um, some of the pictures are from, like, the actual situations that they're writing about. Oh, okay. um, so, like, one of them was about, uh, one of the letters was written to their teen self, kind of encouraging them to continue to be, like, an angsty, artsy kid, like, to not shy away from that. Mm-hmm. And, um he writes it as if he's writing to the picture that he put in the book. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it was a very artsy picture. Okay. Like, uh, he used, like, his blinds in his bedroom to, like, cut the light so oh. that he had, like, some dark stripes yeah, and some yeah, light yeah. stripes on his face. It was very cool. It was a neat picture. Um, but, yeah, he was like, this is the picture of me as the angsty art kid yeah. that I was and still am. And it was very cool. I'm trying to see if I can find... I don't remember who wrote the Grateful Dead letter, um, but I think the picture that she posted was from the concert. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, so there were a lot of really cool little pictures. Um, I don't remember what the letter was called. Of course, they all have, like, names um, for the chapters and, like, for the letters, but they're not, like, I skipped prom to go to a Grateful Dead concert. They're, like, you're so right, but you're so wrong. You know, like, like quirky kind of names. So I don't think... I can remember who wrote it, but it was a very good, it was a very good letter and a very fun story. And I'm pretty sure her picture was from the concert that she skipped prom to go to. So it was very cool. I love that. Yeah. I liked it. It was good. I'm glad that I read it. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend it to teens who are just, you know, readers and kind of interested in just seeing like how other teens have grown up into successful adults. So I wish more teens would be into that. Yeah, I know. I felt like as a teenager, that would not have been up my alley. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have just been like, okay, stop trying to offer me advice. I don't right. need it. I don't need advice. But hopefully, maybe this generation of teenagers is uh, more in tune with, yeah. <laughs> with like, self-help and, I guess, like, the need to hear positive advice. Yeah. Because uh, I certainly was not there. Same. <laughs> so, we also drew some books for next time i am going to start by saying that you were both you and sierra both were very impressed that my tbr list came down from 1805 at our last poll Mm -hmm. to 1801 watch out watch out caroline's making moves everybody get out of the way (laughs) uh i will say it would be lower than that if i would just stop adding things to my list it's fine um i basically gave myself like a hard like do not go over 1801. Cut it out. Stop it. <laughs> and maybe next time I'll go lower. I have faith in you. Yeah. I think I think we can get there. I really think we can get there. So um, for me, you drew a book I'm so excited about. Um, it's called The Fever Year. It is a graphic novel about um, World War One and the um, influenza that came with the war and with so many people being back and forth between different countries and I'm sure the trenches had a lot to do with uh, a global pandemic happening. So I'm very excited to read that. Um, and I first thing I did was look on Libby to see if I could listen to it as an audiobook. And then I was like, no, dummy, it's a graphic novel. Yeah. And I was like, well, never mind. <laughs> got to use your eyeballs. Great stuff. I love it. <laughs> and then for you. Um, so for me, 
Um, you pulled Mirror Mirror. Um, it's a retelling, like a Snow White retelling. Um, I'm going to be honest, I have no idea why I put that on my TBR, and I'm not <laughs> so excited. So I'll be interested to see what my actual review is of the story. Like, I feel like that was a few years ago me thought mm. that I would like it, and, gr- like, grown up, like, I wasn't grown up two years ago. Um, <laughs> current grown current up. grown up me is, like, eh, yeah, maybe you've outgrown that. I will say, I was, I felt the same way about the Twisted Tales, like, retellings before I had read one. They are um, Disney branded and published, so oh, okay. it's not like a, it's not like a fan fiction. Okay. Because that's sometimes where I don't care for those, like, oh, you know the story of Snow White, but we have to change it just a little bit because there's so much, like, uh, yeah. you know, copyright around some of those stories. Um, I read one about Meg from Hercules. Oh. It was so good. Okay. I was very surprised. It didn't take away from the original story. I'm not sure about the Snow White one, if it's going to, like, alter. Like, what if this had happened instead? Yeah, what I read it, and... Um... It's like she's going to have to work with the dwarves to get her city back. And then there's like a mystery. That sounds Um, similar. Yeah. This one was like Meg, you know, at the end of the movie when um, Hercules goes back up to Mount Olympus. And they're like, oh, well, Meg can come too. (laughs) Like, you don't want to leave her, that nice girl. Um, In the book, it's like Meg has to complete like a trial of basically like Percy Jackson. Like she has to complete like a trial of... Um, tasks in order to be allowed to stay in Mount Olympus. Okay. Like, they all, they basically are like, well, we got a little overzealous. <laughs> she's not allowed to stay here because yeah. she's a human. Yeah. But she could if she can do this, way, like, X, Y, okay. and Z. So, I think you'll like it. I okay. think it'll be, I'm, I think it'll surprise you. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Um, so, we'll see. <laughs> and then Sierra pulled, oh, so Sierra pulled for me, They Both Die at the End oh. by Adam Silvera, which I'm... It's hard to say I'm excited for that book because I know it's sad. I've heard it's sad, um, but it's been on my TBR for quite a while. um, And it also double dips with my Pop Sugar list. That's awesome. Um, I think it's a book talk book. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one that I've had. I've been intending to read this year anyway to cross it off my Pop Sugar reading challenge, um, which if you're not following along with us on the podcast, you should be. You should. You should just give a little listen. Uh, I was going to say a little looky-loo. You can't <laughs> really looky-loo at a podcast. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to read that one. Uh, I'm bracing myself because I know that it's going to hurt me. Yeah. It's gonna I'm looking forward sad. to hearing your review because that's on my TBR list too, and I did not know until right this moment that it was sad it might crush um, my soul so yep. i'll at least i'll prepare prepare me your soul crushing will prepare yeah my soul <laughs> yeah we will crush my soul in order to better inform all of us all of our souls. about the potential for your soul to be crushed <laughs> you're all welcome oh, taking one for the team <laughs> anytime um so for me sierra chose um a, a thousand lives the untold story of hope deception and survival at jonestown <sighs> Um, so I didn't even know that was on my TBR list. I'm not surprised, Um, though. I'm not surprised either. (laughs) I'm a big true crime fan, especially with Colts. Colts just fascinate me. Um, so I'm actually really looking forward to this. Yay! I'm gonna, I know for sure I'll definitely check that one out, um, as an actual book, because a lot of true crime books like that tend to have pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Good stuff, good stuff. It'll be good. Um, and then for Sierra, just as a refresh, um, the last time we drew 
books for this podcast that we're filming now. Um, I chose Lemony Snicket's The Bad Beginning for Sierra, and Danielle chose Emily Henry's Book Lover. And then this time we drew, um, for Sierra, I pulled Stargirl by Jerry Spinelli. And for Sierra, Danielle drew a book called Girl Unbroken. So very excited to hear uh, all four of Sierra's books. She's prepared. Yep. So four reviews ready for us. Perfect. She'll be good. (laughs) I have I have all the faith in the world that she'll be good to go. So yeah, very excited to hear her thoughts on the two that she read, um, and then the two that she will read when we meet again. So I hope you are all enjoying. We are slowly some of us uh, whittling down our TBR list. Chipping away. Yeah, chipping away. (laughs) Chipping does not imply a quantity. So, no. yeah, we're just chipping away. Yeah. So we are excited <laughs> to just keep chipping away and uh, checking out some books that we may or may not remember why we put yeah. on our TBR well, list. I mean, finally getting to them. Yeah. Or discovering that they exist. In the first place. Yep. It's fine. Good times. <laughs> well, this has been Caroline. And Danielle. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.